So we've had hundreds of requests to basically pull the curtain back and kind of show people what it's like when we do, because we've talked about some of our outtakes and the like that we possibly share them with everybody. So what we've decided to do is not edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're about to hear is the take of what it took to get the intro done for uh, for each of our interviews and basically we're just we're going to pull the curtain back and let you guys see the wizard of oz <laughs> the until the good bad and the ugly <laughs> until we get until we get tired of it so you know until that shtick has run it out so for for the hundreds of you that requested here you go Submission Coalition podcast number 31. Right? No, 30. Fuck. 30. Okay. Submission. God, you went at it with such. I know. Like you God. were so confident. It's going to be good. Okay. You were so confident. <clears throat> I got this. And we just talked about it too. Shh. Shh. We just talked about it. All right. Submission Coalition podcast number 30. Number 30. Jessica Borga, the Black Widow. Um, she is an MMA, pro MMA fighter out of Florida. She was the 2019 pro female MMA fighter of the year for Florida, as well as the breakout star for Florida. Um, <laughs> all right. I already fell asleep on that introduction. All right, all right, all right. I already fell asleep. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Submission Coalition Podcast number 30. Can't believe you did 30 already. Jessica Borga, the Black Widow. She is a pro MMA fighter. What if, what if we did the Black Widow, Jessica Borga? Okay. All right. Do over. Take 5,000. Or, <clears throat> or what if we did podcast number 30 with the 2019 Florida... Pro Female Fighter of the Year, 2019 Breakout Fighter of the Year, The Black Widow. No, I like The Black Widow. Jessica Morgan. Morgan. I like that better. All right. All right. Submission pot. <laughs> Submission Coalition Podcast Number Thirty. <laughs> <laughs> a dick. I'm not being a dick. You're like, the submission coalition. All right. <clears throat> submission coalition podcast number 30. The Black Widow, Jessica Borga. She's a pro MMA fighter fighting out of Florida who was the 2019 breakout fighter of the year as well as pro female fighter of the year. Pretty awesome conversation we had with her. I uh, hope you enjoy. So, oh, there it is. I was going to say my computer auto was off. <laughs> It'll be in here in a second. He's, he got one final roll in. He's, he's out there rolling. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fresh off the mat. I like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he'll be getting sweaty for a podcast. <laughs> Makes you glisten. It's like, <laughs> yes, you're glistening. How's it been going? Good. How have you been? With all this craziness. Yeah, now that we're kind of back at it, finally. Yay! 
I, as soon as they start fighting again, I'll be happy. Like, well, I mean, I know UFC is, but Bellator, they got until last I heard, maybe July, they're going to be opening back up for fights. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. It's not too bad, but I'm no. just hoping it sticks with it because I know Jamal, my, my teammate, he's had a fight scheduled now for <laughs> a month and it's got postponed twice. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of a pain. Yeah. Yeah, I know Christian Canada. Yeah, Christian's been kind of in limbo with everything too, because he he was hoping to get another island fight in uh, and try to get back on UFC's radar. But yeah, it's been well, a, a hectic year and it's not fun waiting around. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, and then once everything starts opening up, all these fighters that have been sitting on the sidelines are going to be, it's, it's going to be hard, even harder to get fights because everybody's going to want to fight. Absolutely. That's, you know? yeah. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Very frustrating, unfortunately. He's coming. He's super sweaty. He <laughs> was just talking about you. Woo! Good. <laughs> You're glistening. <laughs> yes, he is. And he's trying to cuddle up on me right now. And he's all yep. sweaty. Yep. <laughs> got all sweaty men's on yeah. me. <laughs> it's not just you I'm dealing with, it's everybody else out there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All of their goodness, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. A lot of background noise. Now he has to go say goodbye. All right. <laughs> uh, I've been meaning to get you on the podcast for a little while because, uh, you know, we're trying to hit most of the, the Florida, you know, scene fighters, <laughs> jujitsu people, and there we go. I got, I got one more roll when I went out there. <laughs> Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> so, I know, you, like you said, uh, fighting's been on hold for a bit. You're kind of waiting for. Uh... Yeah, I actually was um, supposed to hear news right before the pandemic and everything happened. Um, I was supposed to fight either May 29th or June 6th, either in California or Chicago. And I had a. <laughs> I was literally supposed to find out that week. <laughs> Gotcha. So, what are you on doing? Hold. I know you're gonna yell at me, but what <laughs> I'm doing is awesomeness. Oh crap! Did I lose you? No. No. No, but I could have. God. There we go. Okay, so we're kind of like. <laughs> so we tell everybody we're two striped white belts. Hey, I can't see myself. Oh my <laughs> so Melissa broke our screen on our laptop. So right now we have it connected to a TV in uh, we're using the TV as the monitor. And so Melissa had it set up to where the camera was on our left, but the TV was on our right. It was just weird. <laughs> her face, her face is this we is what I have to deal with every day. I have to deal with it every day. <laughs> every day. All right, back to the podcast. <laughs> Are we doing one? <laughs> doing one. All right. <laughs> Oh, All right, so you were supposed to hear news right before the whole COVID garbage went down. Um, yes. Yes. Any idea on uh, 
or can you say anything? Yeah, well, I mean, the only thing that I've heard, uh, my manager just said that they got the okay to open up fights back for Bellator in California. They just got the okay for that. So he said it should be moving fast now. So as soon as they start booking fights, it's gonna hopefully be, but like you said, it could be a waiting game because how many people have waited for how long now? Right. So now right. we're- So every what? fighter in the universe is like, I wanna fight now! Right, they're all playing. Well, cause I, I was just listening to a, uh, a podcast, um, the, the, the Joe Rogan podcast. And the one I was listening to, I think was just recorded yesterday or day before. And they were just talking about that, that like the restaurants, no warning, no nothing, you can open. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, yeah, we're not ready. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been insane because one minute, now the bars are back open, so, but yet they're saying that with the riots and everything, which you don't know what is true online and not true, honestly. I just assume it's all fake at this point. <laughs> That's what, I mean, at the, they're saying that there was an, you know, a huge rise in numbers for the COVID and stuff like that since the riots and blah, 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 but I haven't seen anyone that's more sick or anything right. that's been closed yeah. down, everything's opening back up, so I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I anymore, I just have this severe distrust of anything I read on social media. Um, and I yeah. think it's a big, um, they're seriously making it bigger than it, it is. Uh, like it, it's 99% survival rate. So like, in all honesty, I understand the people with autoimmune and like and, and immune deficiencies in general. Right. And the older people, it's just like the flu, though. You just have to be careful of that. I understand it's more contagious. It's a new strand and everything, but I think it's being a little bit more. <laughs> well, we know, we, we know a couple people not. I mean, we, we know them by having met them in passing here and there. Not great, you know, not good friends, but we yeah. consider them to be friends that are in the jujitsu community um, that did get COVID and are struggling with it. But those numbers, like you said, they're so small. They're so rare. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard, like you said, to believe really um, how bad it is and stuff like that because everyone hypes it up. But unfortunately, it was hyped up enough to shut everything down. So <laughs> yeah, That's the reality. Yeah. So how how'd your training go during this whole thing? Were you able – I know you have a, 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 you have a partner that lives in your house, so – yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's sitting right here you can't see him but <laughs> yeah but, but how how often so like melissa calls me ridiculous every day <laughs> every day <laughs> it's uh, we we wrestle around all the time honestly um it's not just in the i guess <laughs> in the gym but yeah it's all the time we wrestle around we show moves we go over things on like you know youtube and stuff that, that we show that we want to go over and right. it's really nice being in a relationship as you guys know <laughs> with someone who shares the same passion it's it's awesome it helps but through the the covid thing we um i got lucky uh we have a lot of people that have like kind of like gyms in their own houses that have mats and stuff like that so we kept it in small numbers so I was still able to train through it. My coaches uh, helped me through still getting into training because that's what we do for a living. You know, unfortunately, we can't just stop doing it. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to have the people that still work with me through it. Yeah. Staying ready. <laughs> so what, what brought you to martial arts just in general? I honestly... <laughs> I was, I was a little bit of a hellion when I was a kid. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I got, in, I got kicked out of every school I went to because of fighting. 
um, I guess I I was looking for that adrenaline. I was looking for that rush. But in all honesty, the thing that, that drove me to it the most is domestic violence was in my life a lot. Um, men putting their hands on women. I was personally in a relationship that had that and I had had enough. And so I wanted to have more technique on defense and helping women find their strength as well. So mm -hmm. those two things together, I kind of put the, my bad past for good use. <laughs> right. Now, was, was the idea of actually fighting, you know, kickboxing, boxing, MMA, was that there from the start? Or did that kind of cultivate itself as you got deeper into the game? Uh, no, it wasn't. When I went into it, I just wanted to try it. Just uh, I was like, you know what? Everyone told me you'd be great at MMA. Just go ahead, go try it. Just see if you like it. I went in and literally it was like the first class and I was absolutely hooked. I was addicted from day one. And as soon as I started training now, I, that night, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> so that's, it was, it wasn't in there when I first went in, but it just, it, it was there from the start. So once you decided that, that you were going to fight, because um, like we, we have our story of our first fighter. Um, he currently still trains with uh, uh, Trevor Prangley in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So shout out to them. Awesome. But he, uh, he was maybe all of about a buck 25 soaking wet, came to us and said, hey, what do you think about me fighting? So I just told him flat out. I said, look, um, you know, I've helped my instructor get some people ready, you know, as long as you know that going in, I'll give you my best. Um, and if you're cool with that, let's go do this. And so he said, yeah, man, let's do it. Then I think it was only a couple weeks later. He goes, he goes, Dave, I got a fight lined up. And I'm, I'm thinking of going, okay, now like, when, when is this fight? And what did he give us? Two weeks. Like two weeks notice. <laughs> oh my God. And then he told us where the fight was at. Wow. So we're, we're in Central California, and he's like, the fight's in Susanville. I'm like, where the hell is Susanville? I've never, so we look it up. It was a six-hour drive from, from our house. Oh, wow. And, and then the fight was in a parking lot of an Indian casino in the middle of the day, in the middle of summer. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> It, it it was it was an experience um to, to be sure uh, a buddy of mine ended up fighting on the card as well and his opponent failed to answer the bell for the second round because he burnt his feet so on bad. the logos on the canvas oh my god yeah so <laughs> moral of story don't take an outdoor event so what was your first fight like? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I put my full trust in my coach because I had no idea, honestly. I watched MMA here and there. Um, I was always interested in watching the fights, um, just not like gun-ho about it. I didn't research right. fighters. I didn't – that just wasn't – that wasn't what I was doing beforehand. <laughs> um, but so I put my whole trust into uh, Ross Kellen, the owner of Champions, my main coach. And – he told me when I was ready. Uh, so it was less than a year that I fought. I want to say it was like eight or nine months in of training. And I had no background in absolutely anything except for a stupid, you know, childish stuff. Uh, <laughs> so um, I put my trust in him. He set me up with a fighter that was also O and O, which okay. I think is good. You, you don't really want to, you know, you don't really know how you're going to do. You don't know how you're going to feel. Right, you don't know yeah. how you're going to like it. So we had no idea on each other at all. 
and uh, it was it was crazy because my first first amateur fight was um, like a 10 second knockout <laughs> and I had no idea like I thought we were gonna keep going like I was so amped up for my first fight and it was over so fast I was just like kind of hopping around like let's go let's go they had to like pull me back like it's it's right. over stop <laughs> okay <laughs> but I, after that I was pretty much booked for um, a fight every I want to say two or three weeks for the next oh, two wow. fights. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I cut a lot of weight at first. I went down to 125, um, and I was cutting from 150. Uh, so every two weeks it was really bad and it yeah. started like my second fight was okay. And then my third fight, I felt the weight cut a lot. I got really sick on that one and it didn't, do, didn't go my way. So <laughs> I realized that's too quick to be fighting at so much weight, you know, cutting so much weight. Right. So it was a learning curve. Absolutely. <laughs> Where did the uh, uh, nickname come from? Black Widow. <laughs> I honestly thought for the longest time, I didn't even ask him. I thought for the longest time, because I had a tattoo of a Black Widow on the back of my neck, I thought that's just where he got that from. Uh, I wanted Tornado because my nickname growing up was Jessica Tornado or Jesse Tornado. So I was like, I want Tornado. They're like, well, they already have a tiny tornado, Tisha Torres. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. So I just let it go. And then finally he was like, you're like a black widow. I was like, oh, okay. Like I figured that was the back of the, my neck tattoo. I didn't really think anything of it, but he was like, oh, you're like a blonde chick that comes in here and destroys the males. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it stuck though. I ended up liking it. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody just knocked on our door. Chance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Somebody tried to throw money at me. <laughs> yeah. That's never a bad thing. He has a hard time taking money for uh, doing something he loves, so that's my job. Ah, got you. That was pretty. The money happy. side of it, and he just teaches awesome classes. So. Uh, as I tell people, I mean, and this is no joke. The the only cash I have in my wallet are five two dollar bills. That's it. <laughs> that's all I've had in my wallet for years <laughs> the same <laughs> you just collect them as you like rarely come across them um i mean because they're not they're not like rare or anything i never see them anymore they're we just... literally got one at it was a fast food place yeah i went going through getting the kids some and we found one <laughs> it was like are you okay with the two dollar bill i was like uh yeah give it to me <laughs> but yeah so i just you know as i came across them they've just been in my wallet they make me feel good i'm like <laughs> look at that i got a hundred bucks no, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so i know you do jujitsu as well mm. you have a brown belt right yes, yes. <laughs> so um what would you say is kind of your first love do you really kind of gravitate towards the striking arts or more grappling oriented that's a, such a funny question because when I first started, uh, it was KO, TKO. I loved hitting. I'm a hard hitter. I got lucky with a hard punch, but I, I just enjoyed the hitting so much. But as I progress in the jujitsu and my, I guess my journey through the jujitsu <laughs> arts, I have completely fallen in love. Like I adore it more than I ever have. The, the challenge is what I think I'm like the most about it, honestly, is you're never, you're never stopping the learning process. And that's what I love about it. You become a black belt, you're right back to white belt. It's, yeah. I just, I love that about it. It's the challenge and the, 
strategic part of it that I love the most. Yeah, and then, um, so kind of on that route, um, Ross has been pretty much your coach from day one, right? Absolutely. So yeah. So that's awesome. Um, not that a lot of people cool. can say that. They've been, well, no, seriously, not a lot of people can say that they, you know, they were still with the same coach from day one. Um, kind of how has he kind of impacted your life and your, your training and, and all of that? He's been a huge Im impact, honestly. Um, when I first came in, I was, I hate to say it, but I was, I was uh, not as coachable. <laughs> I had a, a, a little bit of an anger problem and he's controlled that a lot more. Um, he's helped me in aspects of my life, not just jujitsu and MMA. Uh, he's a great coach, life mentor, um, which I think you should really have in your coaches. Um, to have that as well as just a coach in the MMA really makes an impact on not just your fighting, but your life in general. And I really appreciate it. <laughs> he done a lot for me. Well, I mean, we uh, quite a bit in martial arts, you know, there, there's a difference between a fighter and a martial artist. Um, uh, uh, I mean, a martial artist can be a fighter and vice versa. A fighter can be a martial artist, but they're not always. There's a lot of people in the martial arts that have no interest in fighting, and there's a lot of fighters that are not martial artists. Um, and, but we've talked about it. I mean, this is, there's no part of this game that you hop in and say, I want to do it for six months and then, and then disappear. I mean, thinking about in, in most instances, just a blue belt alone is a significant investment in time with training partners as well as an instructor. If you haven't created a friendship by, by then, yeah. you know, that's where we question it's like, why, why are people even still there? Because I mean, you put me around any people for that amount of time and it, I'm going to have a friendship with them, you know, especially in this. I mean, we, we beat the tar out of each other every day. <laughs> You should really honestly feel like family. Uh, you see them yeah. more than your family on a regular basis. I mean, if you're there enough. <laughs> I mean, me and, me and Jamal, my main training partner, we're literally there every single day. We see each other every single day. Um, of course, not as much as, you know, who you live with, but that's, that's family. That's a, it has to be family. Right. It's, it's just not going to work if you don't feel like family. Right. Well, there's a different level of trust that you put into people that you're, you're basically putting your lives in their hands after you slap bump yeah <laughs> yeah that means a lot <laughs> let's not kill me today okay <laughs> gonna pretend to murder each other <laughs> well, but, but it's also the same thing so so like if if we're if we're sparring and you you hit a pretty good combination if if we're family and if we're friends then we'll give each other constructive feedback so that you can hit me cleaner and harder next time. But if that friendship's not there and we see each other as competitors, yep. rivals, then that feedback does not exist. And someone and, gets injured usually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually somebody leaves butt hurt. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's happened quite a few times. Yeah. I mean, the, they weed themselves out, honestly, in my opinion, they weed themselves out. 
Um, the people that aren't there for family, they're there for themselves. Like you said, the true martial artists are, are the ones that are trying to better themselves with the help of their family. Right. In my opinion, like, um, if you're just trying to help yourself and you don't care about anyone else, then that shows a lot about who you are as a person, as right. well as martial or <laughs> lack thereof martial artists. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've been making discoveries more and more about the connection of the veterinary medicine and jujitsu. We like the gore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a vet tech. I, I was a vet manager, but now I'm doing this full time. So I'm, I vet it seems like a lot of us do this. It does. <laughs> down in Miami. She's a vet tech. Um, shoot. There's like at least five on my feed that are jujitsu girls that, that do vet tech. It does take to con control and restrain an animal. That jujitsu helps. I don't care what anyone says. I side control every day. <laughs> you got the dog on the side. You're controlling their head and their movement. Like, I mean, you, you control them the right way, and jujitsu helps. Wait, does that explain why when we're rolling, you bop me on the nose? <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad boy. No. <laughs> So you're primarily in surgery though, right? You're, you're kind of a more kind of specialized. Yeah. After I went, um, full-time pro fighting, uh, you know, to mostly have all my time, I still do a lot of time with the veterinary medicine, but he made it where the surgery time is a little less. So I go in in the middle of the day, which is usually in between my trainings. Okay. And so I can fit all that in. So yeah, I specialize in the surgery now. Nice. Which I actually I like better anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, also that well that's also really nice having an employer yeah, that understands supportive. what it is you're trying to do yeah, I, I honestly i couldn't thank um doc why he he's like a dad to me uh if i didn't have him to work with my schedule so much with my training and my like it it would be impossible for me to do what i do honestly especially with this going on like i would have no other form of <laughs> making any kind of money so yeah. i mean I, I have my sponsors which really help but Honestly, when nothing's going on, I don't expect them to do anything for me. You know, like that's not, I mean, I don't expect anything from anyone if I'm not putting on a show. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So let's kind of, we'll kind of veer off on the, you have a huge social media presence. How? In Florida. Six listeners. Just maybe kind of talk about kind of some of your strategies with your social media, maybe some of your pluses and minuses to having such a big social media. I'm honestly absolutely horrible at it. <laughs> I honestly, I try, I try. Um, of course, you know, putting pictures up of your, yourself, your training, uh, your sponsors, everything like that. I try to do as much as I can. In all honesty, if I didn't have to have social media, I wouldn't. It drives yeah. me insane because I'd rather spend time with the people that are in my life and enjoy the time than being on social media. I cannot, I honestly can't stand video games. I can't stand any of that because I'd rather make memories with the people that is in front of you. <laughs> so honestly, I know I'm horrible about that. And I get, I get yelled at a lot because <laughs> like well, you, need to, you need to boost your social media. And like, I had to, um, I didn't realize that my Instagram was on private for the longest time. So I didn't have as many followers that I could have had way longer. Like, 
I try. I just, I'm not very good at that. I try. It's a necessary evil. If it wasn't for the gym, yeah. I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have one. That's what, it, I mean, it's great for family that you don't have close, but you know, so is texting and stuff like that. Like, that's cool too. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm very bad at it. And I apologize to all my followers. <laughs> I know you have some amazing pictures from Kelly Somerville. I know you uh, guys are really tight. She does help. She is amazing at um, making me get in there and, and do it because <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it. She always makes it such a blast. And of course, you know, doing it with a female makes anyone more at, at comfortable. And it really does get your name out there, of course, for the social media. If you're a decent looking female and can fight. Yes, I understand that that's like, you know, get your name out there. But I just want to fight. <laughs> I love what I do. I don't <laughs> if I could hire someone to do all the social media for me, I would. There you go. <laughs> I just need to fight. <laughs> get yourself an intern. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Get That's yourself a really good idea. I just really got to trust them because you never know what you like, you know, yeah. you don't want anything that's like, I don't know, then to be talking for you and then it gets turned or. Yeah. Well, we, we, we have Stetson College um, pretty much right in our backyard and we had a marketing we, student. We had a marketing through. student that during summertime mm -hmm. needed to do a uh, project. And so we threw our MMA program called uh, Origin Fight League. And so he filmed and edited and everything else. And then he had to do a presentation when he got back to school. And they were like, so what'd you guys do? And he goes, man, he goes, I had a blast. <laughs> I mean, we that was, that's awesome. <laughs> There's a platform on one of the poles of the cage, and we have we have video of him videoing the matches. And he's up there dancing while I mean, because he's literally <laughs> having a blast. I mean, That's awesome. Stuff <laughs> an intern, trade him out for lessons. There you go. That's really that's a great idea. <laughs> I will definitely have to get on that because I am horrible. I know I I get yelled at a lot about it. Yeah, and I'll do good for like a week, and then I'll start <laughs> slowly dissipating a little bit from it. Yeah. And we've we've uh, we've met your adorable son. I know he's a massive part of your life. Yes, he is. <laughs> and now I have two more. I've kind of adopted into Mason, Maddie, which is Steve's kids. Uh, uh, we they fit in just just perfect. We we all come together just like a perfect little puzzle. I love it. <laughs> so. How, how old was he when you started going down the path of fighting? He was young, um, not even five yet. Okay. So but, he was but, young, but he was, um, I went through the earlier stages with him. So we had a rough, uh, his father and I, we had a rough start and I was the only one really there. Uh, so I had to take care of him. I didn't right. really have any help. So I think that's what postponed me from going in sooner. Uh, unfortunately, I really, Wish I would have got started earlier, <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm not gonna dwell on it. <laughs> it. It was the right time, I guess. What What was it like the first time he got to watch you fight? He didn't understand. I think he was still young, so he didn't quite understand. He was very excited because um, he's never actually been at a fight of mine. I kind of feel bad about that, but I get very mama bear. Uh, I get very distracted when he's right. around. Yeah. I have to be like. Where's Gage? You know, is he okay? Um, I don't like a lot of drunk people around him. I don't like, yeah. I, I'm <clears throat> very protective. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I, I always have him watch the fight afterwards, and I don't want him to be worried about me getting hurt or what not. And well, at least if he's watching it afterwards, he already knows you're okay. And I'm usually with him. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm fine. Well, I, I remember. I mean, Christian was how old? Two or three. It's like two or three. I've got blood streaming out of both nostrils. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bloody mess. And Christian's, Daddy needs a Band-Aid! <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're so cute because they're so innocent about it, but I really think that it does help them to, um, it kind of like toughens them up a little bit in the aspect of you can get hurt, but you're okay. There's right. a difference between injury and, like being injured and being hurt. Yeah. There's a difference there. So I try to explain that to him. And I think it's helped him in his sports as well. I hope does, does he train? Uh, he does. So he was really into it last year. But now he has like this one track mind that kind of is like one track for like two weeks. And then it kind of dissipates. And then mm -hmm. it goes back. And then sometimes like it's. So right now he's in ice hockey. Okay. As long as he's athletic, I'm happy about yeah. it. I was really excited about him getting into the jiu-jitsu. But. We I don't want to push him with with Christian. If he even showed interest, I mean gymnastics. Yeah. As soon as he showed interest, put him in. Um, baseball, put him in. Soccer, Soccer. put him in. Base basketball, um, football. If he showed yeah. any, <laughs> that's that's Gage. He's been baseball, basketball, yeah. football. Uh, now ice hockey, uh, jujitsu. He still does jujitsu with the kids because during the summer camp, he comes with me. Right. to champions in the morning and then he goes to warrior combat in the afternoon so he still gets to play around and do a little bit but he's just not into it as much christian realistically wasn't either when he was younger it was when his friends started showing interest his best friends suddenly were like were like christian your parents do what and then they wanted to train and then that was it because his his whole crew of friends were like all wannabe little alpha males. And, <laughs> and he was like, you know, his friends are showing interest and he's like, there's no way they could be better than me. <laughs> so he does it as content. I mean. Hey, that's awesome though. It's, it got him into it. I just, yeah. I think it's a great, it, it really teaches you more than just jujitsu. It's, it's, it's life changing. It, it shows you what your body's capable of. It, it shows you that, you know, uh, the control aspect of it it's just it's it's amazing and i just hope that he does get into it again yeah but no pressure no yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll see like with us christian really got into it our daughter elena she does just not. wasn't for her yeah no we we made her at least train a little bit a couple days a week till she was 16. at 16 we let her make her choice um good idea you did not like swimming you're gonna know how to defend yourself and you're gonna know how Swing. That's that's what she had a bad tournament experience. tournament experience when we were trying to not control the reins, if you will. Um, somebody else was was acting as instructor and did not look out for her best interest. And I mean, she that's literally had a, had panic, a panic attack. attack and. It's just been one of those where, where she's like, yeah, no. I it's like traumatized her. <laughs> it broke, it broke her too, which sucks, but. It does. And, and I understand like the whole tournament thing. Um, there's a lot of people that if they don't do good in tournaments, they give up. And it's, 
And that honestly, they don't realize that even if you do bad in tournaments, it's actually, it is teaching you. It is, oh, it yeah. is. Well, her, her thing was, uh, I'm trying to remember how old she was. She wasn't that old. She was 12, I think. Maybe 12. But mm -hmm. it was one of those where, again, she's going out and it's a mixed division. So she's going against uh, a boy. I swear to God, that kid had a mustache. <laughs> I mean, swear to God. He came out, double-legged her into oblivion. Smashed <laughs> her for five minutes. And or four minutes or whatever, however long the match Oh, was. that's got to be rough. Yeah. And so at, at that point in time, she was, I mean, that's when she was, started, I mean, she came up, she was, I mean, not having any of it. Yeah, and we're like, okay, look, you know. You have another division. Yeah, another division and everything. So we kind of talked her down. And then when she saw the only other person in that division was the same, same boy. boy. She's like, nope. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we, we, we told her because the other coach was becoming like insistent, saying, no, it's not your choice. You will fight again. And well, as that's soon, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and so we, we, we sat there and we grabbed her. And, we, and as soon as she started having that panic attack, we told her, said, no, you're, you're, you're good. You're done. You're done. Yeah. We're, we're not going to put you through that. Um, but yeah, that kid had a mustache. I mean, 12, <laughs> 12 years old, you know. I'm telling you, I don't know what they put in the meat. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that poor girl. <laughs> He's a grown man. What's happening here? <laughs> oh, that's... I know you compete a little bit. I do. I try, you know, I was on a roll at the beginning, but when I started fighting, it just seems like <laughs> I can't get in a jiu-jitsu tournament because I always either have a fight coming up or vice versa or whatever is happening at the moment. Not to mention injuries. Injuries are a constant thing in jiu-jitsu, as you guys know. But <laughs> yeah. when you do that quite often, it, yeah, you know, working through it. So, but I want to be ready for a fight. So yes, I try to do competitions as much as possible um but it just seems like lately not even before the pandemic i like well, i want to do the absolute so bad i want to do the absolute but that was right when i was healing an injury that i was hoping to get and that was the, one the chick jitsu one yeah yeah i yeah. wanted to do the absolute so bad <laughs> posted today that she's got uh she's getting ready to announce the the date oh did she i missed that yeah, um, we, we actually sat down. She did a podcast with us, and I want to say she's trying for October. Oh, okay. Well, to do it again. So, we'll see. Yeah, yeah definitely. As long as I'm not fighting, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, it actually turned out really good. She had a pretty good turnout for our first one. It, it was good. It was good. I liked it. It was, um, everyone was working together as much as they could. <laughs> it was pretty busy. Yeah, I worked my ass off at that one. <laughs> Not mentioning any names, but we really worked hard. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a good turnout. I was happy for her. It was. Um, so do you, kind of talking about girls, you know, versus the guys and stuff, do you kind of have a preference on your training partners? Do you, do you tend to gravitate toward, more towards training with the guys or? Unfortunately, most of the time, I don't even have a choice. <laughs> I usually am always going with the guys. Uh, we have my photographer Kelly Somerville she's the only other girl really in my jiu-jitsu class and she's a brown belt as well um she's got very good technique but you know I'm 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 bigger than her and <laughs> so I usually go with the guys that are you know bigger stronger also more technical I like going with the higher belt um men uh I usually try to stay away from 
for the most part, especially when I have fights coming up, the big old white belt guys, like the 250 pounders, if I have a fight coming up, I usually- I don't avoid white belt boys altogether anymore. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, it really is. Um, and no, no offense to them, but no, when it comes just, down to it, you're a hundred pounds more than me. Yeah, and I've got to slow you down. So yeah. <laughs> I'll go with the blue belts. I'll go with the purple belts. Once they got some control, they've proven they got some control. I'm just yeah. honestly too old. I did, I did my time with the white belts back, you know, in my twenties. Yeah, uh, there's I certain ones that I competed with them in my twenties, but yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, too, is every competition. I think I maybe went in my weight class at the beginning when I was white and blue belt, maybe. I was. I, there was a few times that I actually did it, but most of the time, I always end up getting put, because I'm at the high end of my bracket, so they end up putting me with the bigger girls anyway, so it's like, well, shoot, if I'm going to be with the bigger girls, I might as well go with guys anyway. <laughs> so... For the most part, I mean, I don't really have a choice. I, if I go elsewhere to train, which is very hard, uh, when Ross has me on a schedule, I usually have to abide by that schedule and be there when he's there so that he can, you know, fix certain things or change certain things. And he likes to see my progression or whatnot. But um, every now and then I'm able to go cross train at different places. And I really like it because it is different with women. They move differently. Um, they're usually more technical. They usually are more flexible. So there's things that, you know, they can do that guys can't do. So I do enjoy both. I really do. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we have a pretty good solid women's team here. Um, MMA wise, we really only have one right now. Yeah. One, maybe one and a half. There's one girl who comes periodically. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, like a full grown and like a, a little one. <laughs> She's hit and miss because of work, but um, we have Naomi, um, and uh, she pretty much is sparring with the guys almost every night. Everyone and at that point, too, you have to be careful who you're sparring with, too. You're okay. not, there's no way that I'm going to be sparring. I, like, do I think I can beat some of Yeah, absolutely. But if you take one hit against a 250-pound guy that doesn't know how to control himself, <laughs> you're taking yeah. unnecessary damage. Yeah. So. Yeah, and not everybody has the best control. Yeah, and then if you do hit a man and they realize that you hit hard and they get <laughs> really pissed off, <laughs> they go at you like a cannon trying to take your head off. <laughs> yep. So then they get real mad because they just got hit really hard by a girl <laughs> <laughs> or submitted by a girl, then they get really mad. So it's it's always, I think that's always going to be a thing, especially with the new guys. Um, <laughs> I've had guys say that, you know, I never thought a girl could beat me, and so I went with you. <laughs> it's like, this is a very humbling sport. You'll learn that it doesn't matter how old you are, how big you are, what gender you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, we had early on, you know, this is way, way back in the 90s, uh, when I was first training. Uh, I had a little bit, I've been there probably about a year or two training. I was still a white belt, and uh, this this big old wrestler dude comes in, and he goes with Dave first, and Dave whoops up on him, and he's like, yeah, that just happened because you're bigger than me. And then so uh, Eric, our instructor at the time, goes, all right, Melissa, I'm going to go with John. I'm like, all right. So I, I slap bumped with you, and he goes, he goes, well, that's cute, honey. You going to teach me something? Oh, no. Let's just roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I ended up tapping him out, and afterwards I got up and I said, did you learn anything? 
because he's being a dick. <laughs> I can't stand that. I cannot stand the guys that come in there like, oh, I'm not going to roll with her. She's a girl. <laughs> Ross is like, don't think she's a girl when she's rolling with you. <laughs> she's about to wreck you because you just called her that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of pisses you off. You're like, dude, I'm a training partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It, it, they're trying to like belittle you thinking that a woman is not going to be able to control you <laughs> D- double check that <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's been it's been interesting it's getting better i think i think they're slowly starting to the respect is, is coming along the newbies that come in there like you said like the wrestling guys or you know vice versa or one, ones that aren't used to going with females at all um, there, it's funny to see their reaction sometimes. Um, sometimes they learn really fast. Sometimes they still get really upset. But yeah, I think it is getting better. I think yeah, it is getting better. It's getting there. Not not quite the meathead that it used to be, you know. <laughs> Steve said, "Quit hating on wrestlers." I'm not. I'm not hating We're on, not wrestlers. Hating on wrestlers. <laughs> We're hating on meatheads. Meathead wrestlers. <laughs> Just, it just happens that a lot of wrestlers go that direction initially till they get humbled. It's true, you know that. No. <laughs> till they get humbled once they once they find see the light of jujitsu, they're they calm down and it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> truth over here. <laughs> you wrestler guy, wrestler guy. <laughs> So what would you say is kind of one of your biggest challenges with this whole fight life? The injuries. I yeah. swear, I, 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 and I know that it's um, the intensity I train with, that's what usually gets me in trouble. <laughs> I, I go so hard every time. And I honestly, that <laughs> Ross even has said that I will not get my black belt until I learn to take it down a notch. <laughs> And I do, I, I realize I've gotten a lot better, but I still, like, my better is still most people's, like, spaz. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you can't be spazzy black belt. Sorry, honey. <laughs> exactly. That's what, like, I just, I train with such intensity that I match. That's why, another reason I don't go with the white belts and the blue belts that are completely spastic, because I will match them and one of us is going to get hurt. I will... My, it, it's inside of me like oh you want to go hard let's go hard like and then I'm like ah crap <laughs> it's my job to slow you down <laughs> but by that point it's already too late <laughs> so and of course you know I'm 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 31 so um you know I'm going with all these guys that are real young <laughs> and so yeah I end up you know going with all these guys and they're young they can recover faster and I end up getting boo-boos <laughs> I work through them and it makes my game better, but damn, is it frustrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> very How, frustrating. How's the whole um, work-life kind of balance with the, everything you got going on with the kid and the fighting and the... <laughs> I feel like a juggler. It's like a circus. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I honestly, I don't know how I fit it all in. Um, that probably is why I don't recover as fast too, because I don't rest as much as I need to in between all the time. Um, if I'm working, <laughs> I usually go from one training right to work, right to another training and don't get in bed until like, you know, after the kids are taken care of and stuff. So 
it weighs down sometimes and I can kind of feel me being worn down sometimes. So I'll tell coach sometimes like I need, I need a, a few days off. Like I need to rest my body. I feel it. I'm listening to my body a lot better than I used to though. I, when I first started, I was gun ho. I didn't care if I was tired or not. I was, you know, I'm, I'm going, I don't do that often, but I do listen to myself a lot more and I take a lot more of uh, steps to recover. Like I do cryo, I do massage therapy. I make sure I'm on my chiropractic care to keep my, my body at its best for what I do because <laughs> I'm constantly breaking it down. Yeah. You're constantly going through all that abuse that you, yeah. you kind of have to listen. And as you get older, <laughs> it yells at you a lot more. <laughs> yes, it really does. Like I, I'm telling you after 30, you kind of just, you feel you feel, sorry, he moved and it like knocked the camera down. I'm trying to break the screen. Oh, he just, did you hear what he said? I'm trying to break the screen. Whatever. Hey, still a fresh wound right there. Yeah, you, you don't need to pour salt in it. God. I, I thought the whole computer was dead. I'm like, no, because they have everything on it. And I'm like, I haven't backed up in forever. <laughs> I bet you backed up right after that, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> That's because exactly I, what I would have done. I would have been like, back it up. Thank God. <laughs> but I don't even remember what I was saying. You you threw me off, babe. Threw me off. You're talking about getting old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> talking about getting old. Memory. <laughs> I might have been hit in the head a few times. Um. So anyway, getting <laughs> I still feel great on a regular basis. It's just like you said, I'm telling you after a certain age, you do feel it more. You, you do realize that you need to recover. <laughs> You're not invincible like you thought you were when you were younger. It just happens. Oh yeah. You get banged up a lot when you're younger and you're thinking, ah, it's not going to catch up to me. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Got a few years on you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much, I swear, I give you so many props. It's awesome because I want, I'm going to do this until like I am incapable of doing it. Oh, and me I too. Love my plan is to do it into my late 60s at least, if not longer. But I can I still gotta, do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's why I have to say no to the White Bell boys because they beat me up too much and then I won't be doing it as long. At least the blue belts are going to go. Well, fucking hurt your black belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't now lie now. I got to take you out. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel it though. I, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing that you have to control a little bit more who you go with and how many yeah. times <laughs> you train a weekend. Um, you know, I've done a couple little, not podcasts, but little video things with Pretty Dangerous where I've asked black belts, female black belts, what would you say to you when you first started out? What was one piece of advice? Number one piece of advice almost all of them gave. Be very particular on your training partners. Choose your partners wisely. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I, I would have, have done that a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I had to prove a point with the big guys when I was. Exactly. Well, <laughs> when you're first starting, 
especially if you're in in a in a gym that doesn't have a lot of females, which I had zero. Um, you're you're proving that you can hang. You're proving you're trying to prove a point that that I can do this. That yep. I don't need to be treated with kid gloves and everything. That I can do it. You don't it. even realize you're doing it. You don't even realize like you're trying to prove this not only to them but to yourself. So it's yeah. like I, you just do it without even thinking of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You you let that arm bar go just a little too long because you don't want to tap to that big ass white belt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your and it going. God damn it. Yeah. I'm literally like thinking of all the times that has happened like mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep that's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm nursing a short sore shoulder now and I'm like god damn this thing has been like freaking months you never want to take time off to actually rest it and it recover as fast as it should that's yeah. another thing too is I don't I don't like <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't either. In all honesty, like I said too, like when I did break my hand, my kicks got better. There's different things in the arsenal, and not with just jujitsu, just anything. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I even rolled with one hand. Like, <laughs> well, I had vertigo really bad, like just a few months ago. Like I had vertigo for like six months before I finally got it figured out, and I couldn't play off my back oh, at wow. all. Anytime I went to my back, That's... the whole world would spin, and I'd want to vomit. So my top game got stellar. But my guard game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens? Like, you get better at one thing, you're like, what is it? Shh. I'm working on it. <laughs> of course, that's what it is. Of course. I heard, my guard sucks. <laughs> talking about vertigo and injuries and, you know, how. Old age. Old age. Old age. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Broke down. <laughs> <grapplers>. <laughs> that is honestly one of the best pieces of advice that I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah, if, since you said it, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Pick your training partners wisely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you have any other questions? I don't know. I'll probably double up on it. Go ahead. Double <laughs> All right. Get it. So, what would you say is your favorite moment as a competitor, fighter, anything in general? Jiu-jitsu, anything. Oh, man, that's, that's a wide range of things to pick from. <laughs> Honestly, my first fight in Bellator has been my favorite as of now. It surpassed all the other things um, besides getting my brown belt not too long ago in November. Mm. So those two things that, uh, I mean, you know, it's funny how you'll have a favorite thing and then you'll do something or something happens and that becomes your, that's the most in your fresh in your mind thing that has helped you or your favorite moment, I guess you could say. I would, I guess it would be the Bellator right now. Um, that was a huge, huge, uh, step in my career and on the big stage and, I did exactly what I wanted to do. So I was happy about that. Could have done it faster, but that's okay. I'm, all, I, I'm never completely happy. Have you ever had any of those moments where you kind of second guessed that career path or has it just been all golden the whole time, the whole way through? 
anyone who says it's all, been all golden is not training hard enough, nor are they fighting the right people. <laughs> so, <laughs> in all honesty, um, no, I, I, there's always been moments where people, my jaw was broke uh, at the beginning of last year. I have two titanium plates put in my jaw. <laughs> so I have two titanium plates here. Uh, I had a number of people say, so your career is over, right? I'm, I'm stubborn, first off. <laughs> Secondly, I don't give up. I don't care. Like a lot of people, yes, that probably would have been like, ah, I'm done. Their first fight probably wouldn't have been a champion boxer <laughs> for coming back after that. But I wanted that. I, I don't know. I proved to myself over and over that if you get through the hard parts, it, it, you can get through anything. So um, it has not been rainbows and cupcakes. <laughs> Mine has been, if not, if, if anyone who's known me, I have went through, uh, I'm not saying more than anyone, but with the injuries that I've gone through and the little, limited time that I've been doing this, um, I've had a lot of adversity <laughs> to fight through and I refuse to give up. Uh, I think it makes me a stronger person. And I think that going through that advers adversity teaches me a lot about myself as well as what people are capable of and I want to be able to help people in the long run so when I am done with my fight career I want to be able to show people what they're capable of as well awesome good answer <laughs> long answer I'm sorry great answer so now now to piggyback that what would you say is your oddest experience and, and let me preface that by we were actually just talking about this we were we were in the 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 warm-up area getting ready for a fight and the uh the the referee comes back and is giving the speech to to the group is like all right everybody check your nails your fingers and your toes and a fighter in the back goes oh shit grabs his foot and proceeds to put it in his mouth and starts biting his toenails. <laughs> and I'll write that. To, oh. So two things happen. <laughs> the group in there was going, whoa, dude, I've got clippers. <laughs> the other half, we're like, we're grabbing their phones to record <laughs> it. That's just bad. That's just, um, <laughs> and he still continued after you guys were recording it? In the back area was a bathroom. So we were in a bathroom. So that that's <laughs> that's one of our. I can assure you, he's not worried about the coronavirus. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can see that there is no worry there at all. Yeah. <laughs> Any. <Anyway. laughs> that is oh wow! I think that beats. Yes, I'm that's one think, of our favorite odd moments. I'm trying to think of something that's as at, even comes close to. Uh, <laughs> That um, <laughs> um. the interesting part is is in, in this game in in MMA and the like everybody gets everybody gets so focused on the task that bashfulness literally goes out the window. I mean, I, you, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I thought I got one. I got one. There was a. It was. Uh, an amateur fight in Maine and uh we did weigh-ins and everything and we had a fighter there that uh he was 
when you say out the window, everything was out. It was, uh, he literally got on the scale butt naked, uh, literally threw his clothes <laughs> off in front of everyone. No shame in his game. Uh, <laughs> he just, and then he went and jumped into the lake and it was cold outside. Wow. <laughs> it, it was in Maine and it was cold. Okay. This is the time that I fought on an actual ice. They had to put stuff on the ice and be like, hey, be careful going out there when you're fixing a fight because it's kind of slippery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he literally went and jumped into the lake. So, so that was probably the weirdest moment. <laughs> so that, was that venue outside? That venue was like, there's a inside area that we weighed in and then there was an outside like eating area, kind of like a bar and grill. Okay. And the lake was right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting. It was my first time. Um, that guy was uh, interesting character. <laughs> so what, what was that like the first time you fought out of state? So obviously there's, there's, there's fighting at home. You got that home crowd vibe. You know, yeah, maybe the other team's got more people, but you got your people. And then you make that kind of travel. It's definitely, I would... I've, I think I've said this in interviews before. I would highly recommend anyone that's amateur to travel because it is completely different to have to take into account the the weight cutting when you're traveling. Um, the different, like when I fought on the other side of the United States, that time change and that, you know, the different um, altitude, everything comes into play, whether you think it's going to or not. <laughs> so it's a big change and I would recommend anyone. I was lucky enough to pretty much travel out of, out of the state multiple times in my amateur career. And I've continued to do that with my, I, I wish they would fight in Florida sometimes. It would be nice, but <laughs> I love going to their hometown too. Cause now it's a, it's a mission of mine. Whenever I go to their hometown, I know I'm going to get booed. Like I was in California. That was her hometown and my first fight in Bellator. And I, there was like crickets when I came out pretty much. <laughs> there was a few you could hear, but crickets for the most part. And I totally upset. And then afterwards, they're like coming up to me. It was like, Hey, can I get a picture with you? Uh, I actually lost a lot of money betting against you. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> sure. Let's take a picture. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely uh, different in your training and everything leading up to it. Um, it's a big game changer and people don't realize it until it's their first time out of state and how much comes into it. So currently right now, with with this whole COVID thing that's going He's on. He's sneaking up in here. I, I can't I can't do it. I got I gotta butt in. All right, all right. Okay, so when she fought in Bellator, I get out there, this is the day before weigh-ins. Uh, so they're they're in there, they have to do all their testing, they have to do all the everything, all the paperwork, they're checking their banners, all that stuff. So I'm standing there, and she's doing all the uh, the concussion. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know where he's going with this. I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> so she's doing all the concussion stuff, and I'm just, like, looking, just looking around the, the room, and Hoist Gracie walks in. Just and remember, I'm like, he's a liar oh. right now. Okay. I'm like, Hoist walked in. I'm like, oh, my God. So Not she's like, what? She's like, what? I said, never mind. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and do what you got to do. I was like, I'll be over here. So I go over and wait for him to stop talking to the doctor, and uh, and he and I said, hey, uh, Hoist, I, I just want to say, you know, I did one of your seminars one time, and he remembered everything from the seminar, which was kind of crazy for me. But uh, it was really neat. So <laughs> she gets done doing her testing. She's got to come over to the doctor now. 
and she does her part. I'm talking. He's like, is this, this your fighter? And I said, I said, yeah, she's my girlfriend, one of my fighters, and I'm one of our coaches. And uh, he said, oh, she's, she's, she made weight already today. I said, oh, that's great, because we hadn't talked about weight yet. So um, we walk out in the hallway, and she's like, uh, she's like, yeah, um, that guy was just, you know, that guy this morning, I was in the, I was in waiting to check my weight, and, and he's just like in the way of the, of the scale. That I'm is like, not what I said. He's, he's just <laughs> with his shoes, and she's like, will you just get out of the way so I can get on the scale? You know it's not and I'm true. Like, that's right. <laughs> you can't kick Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie can sit in front of the scale all day, and you have to wait. That's just the way it is. I'm about to make you have another <laughs> Listen, what really happened is, okay, it was Hoist Gracie on the scale whenever I was checking my weight that morning. He was bent over taking off his shoes, so I couldn't see his face. I had no idea who he was. And I thought he was another fighter just getting undressed to, you know, get on weight. And I, very nicely said, hey, you do, do you mind if I just jump on real quick? So he's telling everyone, he pretty much is like, fuck you, who's great? <laughs> this is a new upcomer right here. Like, this is I don't care if you're the father of MMA, move, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he literally told everyone this story. I was like, I would never do that. <laughs> it may exaggerated a bit more than it was. It was. He was very nice, and I went and got on the scale, didn't even realize who he was. Literally didn't even look. I was just like, heck yeah, I'm on weight. And I, was, I, just, I got off and left. <laughs> after, so after that, you know, she won by arm bar, and he was, I, were, I had to run back out to the cage because we thought, I thought we had forgot her shoes out there. What's so he, he goes, he goes, coach, coach, come here. Beautiful arm bar. He's freaking out. He was so excited. And then uh, we went back in the back and we came out and he was signing autographs in like the same area as she was. And he grabbed her and he's like, come on, let's go, let's go. We're taking pictures. So anybody who wanted a picture with him had to take a picture with her. So it was awesome. He, he was, uh, he was with her. Wow, that's a cool, there, there, there's one of your, your highlights. It was, it, it was, it did not happen like he said it did, but uh. <laughs> yeah, but it was, he was great until somebody spilled wine on his suit. <gasps> He, oh. if you want to see, it was about to be his, his next fight. I swear to God. He had like, I don't know, it had to be a super expensive suit on. And this guy's like carrying three glasses of wine and had like one in his fingers. And he's like, oh, Hoist Gracie. And he spilled like a whole glass of wine. Hoist went sleep. from like. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was standing right there because I had the backpack and I couldn't like get through. So I was just standing there and, and uh, his face went from smile to like straight anger a game <laughs> popped out in his head i was like i was like oh i'm about to see hoist's next victory right here <laughs> it was so awesome and then i don't think they believed me when i told the story so then we were waiting the next morning to go to the airport and uh and he walks out and i thought he was getting on the, the same van as we were but he wasn't and i said uh i said hoist hoist come here i said how mad were you when that guy spilled the wine on you? He's like, he's oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, he wanted to kill that guy. It was so funny. It was. Funny. Yeah, there's been some really good times. I met a lot of amazing people on my, you know, the last fight. Um, it was interesting. It was, it was interesting. That's an awesome story to end on. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, I, I had to think about what he was. I was like, what is, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I pushed Joyce Gracie off the scale. Move, bitch. Yeah. Get out of the way. No, I did not. Stop it. <laughs> well, thank you.
you so much for being on with us. Uh, if you have any social media shout outs you need to do, this is your time. <laughs> you know, I'm so bad about like, I have a sheet of paper that have has everyone that has done so much for me. Um, and I always end up not bringing it with me. But the Chiropractic Center of Lakeland, they're the ones that keep me in line, literally. Um, my <laughs> chiropractor is the best. Uh, BNL Tires, uh, Lovering Auto, um, my CBD store, your CBD store in Lakeland and Winter Haven, they're amazing. They help with all the injuries. <laughs> if you haven't tried it, it's amazing. Um, but I, you know, and still nutrition, I'm trying to think of absolutely every Warhammer fightwear. Yeah, uh, Evans. Evans group. Evans group, which they help with all construction, commercial and residential. <laughs> um, but all my sponsors, I, I I already gave a shout out to my coach, um, Kelly Somerville. They're amazing. I appreciate every single one of you guys, even through this COVID <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> you guys have stuck with me from the beginning, and I appreciate every single one of you. And then you have a fighter page on Facebook. Yes, at Black Widow Borga. You can pretty much find all my social media there. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that may be. <laughs> Hopefully in July. Hopefully in July. And, and, I hope July. And maybe your guard's better. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 that's good. <laughs> See, I, I had to start up a fight team to explain my black eyes. Oh, shut that's up. <laughs> it's funny last time. Yeah, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I got neck surgery because of her. Oh, don't say that. Don't put that on me. That was <laughs> that was your babe, you've got ten years on me. So now I'm old. Listen, he started with football, then he went to wrestling, and then he went to jujitsu, and he's been in jujitsu for ten years. So, fifteen, but whatever. Well, <laughs> so you tell me your neck problem, dude, for me. Yeah. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm about to have another neck problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah last time I had a black eye. That's. That's, I, I, I blamed it on him. We went to a restaurant and I was like, he doesn't let me eat. <laughs> head down. And they're like, I was like, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Do not call the cops. <laughs> yeah, I, I had two black eyes in a row uh, two years ago. Dave's like, I'm not going in the grocery store with you. It's not happening. No. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> waiting for her. Like, at the, I'm waiting for her at the restaurant one time to like pass a help me note or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Totally do something like that too. <laughs> Not that it's funny for people actually in those situations, but to give him hell, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on, guys. It's always yeah, a blast. Thank you guys for coming on. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.
Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson. And your other host, Melissa Lowson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.